It is the Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. Kevin Dunn, Paul Wadlington, and once again, we have Paul in Austin, in studio, and I'm staring staring at the man right now. Yep. Uh, Special post-game edition. We're doing an instant react to the Texas Tech victory. Uh, victory over Texas Tech, I should say. Right. And uh, hey, man, Texas is back. They are back, and they've been back, and I've been trying to tell you that on this podcast, and you've been negative. And <laughs> I've pessimistic. been negative about your buddy Todd Orlando. What a negative piece of shit! Yeah, uh, no, you've been right about all that. Well, they've been tearing down me and Sally <laughs> from the very start. You won, know, won 130 games there, but they. Cleve told me the other day <laughs> that I'm a good guy. Cleve said, "Lift up your shirt," and I said, "What did you, you said?" I conf- I got confused. So before we even start with that, I found out before the podcast that Paul took a trip to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. That's true. When you were in high school, because yep. they had sent you a letter, because yep. you were a very good football player. No, I was not a very good football player, and you I were, have a feeling they were confused. You were I, all district. I was not, and I think they actually confused you are. me. I have it. Look, I've got it right here. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> your, your, mom, your mom sent it to me before, <laughs> yeah, my mom, before the yeah. show. Like, uh, Paul's achievement little scrapbook. <laughs> right. Uh I was not all district, but I appreciate you believing that. Uh, I want to believe that. They they accidentally, I think, sent me a football recruiting letter <laughs> from the great Cleve Bryant, who was the head coach at the time. That is, I, I had no idea he was even the head coach then, because I just knew him from Carolina on and Max first Carolina stint. Yeah, if any of you guys ever get a chance, go to Athens, Ohio. It is actually a beautiful little college town. It's in the Appalachian part of Ohio. Okay. Uh, and it's gorgeous, idyllic. Like beautiful scenic campus. Are the people as meat heady as they are in other parts of Ohio? Yes. Okay. So you can't get away from that in Ohio. No, that's a they have a big influence of town. I mean, it's an SEC school. Ohio State's an SEC school. Very people, much so. people who don't who think it's a Big Ten school don't understand ethics, morals, and people. And yeah, they have the townies that show up the day of the game and throw stuff at people, and <laughs> it's 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 a good scene. But yeah, I did that. I don't know why, under the delusion that. Because I grew up in Austin, I wanted to do something different. Yeah, I, I got I was up the same there, way. went to a bar when I was 17 with my dad, and was talking to some Ohio University students and uh, told them where I was from and all that. And they just said, "Why don't you go to Texas?" <laughs> <laughs> they were just, right. just like, "I'd go to Texas if I could. I'm uh, I'm paying in-state tuition, so that's why I'm here." So uh, once I got that advice, I said, I'm overthinking this. And uh, I think you did the same with Notre Dame, right? Yeah, and Notre Dame is a little different. Um, I don't think I was ever going to go to Notre Dame. I really looked at UCLA, Boston U, because I was looking at broadcasting. Um, But at the end of the day, there was just, why not go to Texas, right? What about Syracuse? Isn't that a big broadcasting? It is, it is. But I, I looked early at Syracuse, never took it seriously. And never even applied because Syracuse, New York, and upstate New York is miserable. They got the carrier dome. And, uh, yeah, right, exactly. Freeze option. Yeah, freeze option, You could have right? watched Don McPherson. The carrier dome, ironically, with no AC. Is that true? They didn't have an air conditioning forever. Really? Yeah, because <laughs> it's Syracuse, New York. Holy cow. You know you live in a cold place. When right, you don't, have you, don't have, you don't have the air conditioning at all. Uh, but no, I don't think either of us regret going to Texas and – you know, being Texas fans, we were going to be that either way, maybe a little different once you actually do go there, but um, I don't want to get into all that because I think the t-shirt fan thing is ridiculous. As I've said on my radio show a bunch, it's class warfare, and if you're a Texas fan yeah. and you love it, whether you go there or not, that means something. And it's been a frustrating year for them, no doubt about it. What do you take out of the win, man? Um, so I just did the post-game show here on the Austin Radio Network with one Brad Kellner, and 
I guess, hell, I should just take that audio and... And just feed and it just, in. And feed it in in between your points. And there. I just comment over and it. And you just comment. Exactly. It's like a director's cut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here, uh, Kevin is going to use a very common radio <laughs> trick, right. which is to change the inflection of his voice at the end. And it's going to be in three, two, one. <laughs> Go, Kevin. No, so I, you know, Brad. <laughs> right. For BK. Yeah, we, we have to dub that out and say, you know, Paul. Paul. Uh, so one of the things that we were talking about, and actually BK, we had a group text that, that he kind of threw this out there. How much of this was the Texas offensive staff actually doing stuff they should have been doing for a long time and trying to get vertical? And how much of that is, well, that probably wouldn't have worked and receivers wouldn't have separated if they weren't playing a very banged up and bad Texas Tech team. I will address that very good query after we handle some business, which I'm actually glad to handle. Yes. Which is... Mortgages by Gabe. If you're out there in the market looking for a new house or you want to refi a current existing and take advantage of these incredible rates, Gabe is the guy to call. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. And although Texas did post the win, so they're now technically 7-5, and five, we're posting this podcast a little early. So the old offer that he's offering, which is because Texas was 6-5 and five just a few hours ago, uh, he was offering 65% off of everyone's closing. If you mentioned everyone gets a trophy podcast to Gabe, give him a call at 832-557-1095. And if you want a hard number on what 65% off closing means, it's about 2,500 bucks off your closing costs, yeah. which is legit. No, so, j- jump on this. Jump on this because he's only doing it for a week. And uh, yeah, give him a call. See what he can do for you. Even if you have a loan that you've paid a, a down payment or a deposit on, We've had other listeners do that. They've called him. Uh, I should say Gabe actually beat that price anyway. So it was actually worth the 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 listener eating the cost of their deposit and still going with, with uh, Gabe and getting a much better deal, saving them a lot of money over the life of their loan. 2500 bucks off your closing is pretty darn good. So give them a call, 832-557-1095. Back to Texas Tech. Well, I think I previewed it the last time I was saying that Texas Tech has the worst corners in the Big 12. Yes. They do have the worst corners in the Big 12. That, that was, was confirmed. That was confirmed. And they didn't have their best player, Jordan Brooks, who is going to be an all-big first-team All-Big 12 linebacker. Buckus semifinalist. Buckus semifinalist. He, was, he didn't play a down in this game. You could tell in the Tech defense. They are a very poor defense. That said, Sam was throwing strikes. Yeah. And he was on, even despite some wintry mix as they call it in the northeast uh, it wasn't that cold but it actually was just raining and wet wet slick balls all that and uh sam threw the ball great devin duvernay was dominating they couldn't stay in front of him i was glad to see him his senior year go out the way he did he went out strong yeah with 199 yards right. receiving not only the whole year but his last game here had a 75 yard touchdown they couldn't keep another in front good of ball him. Yeah, he looked great, and he actually was playing a little bit dinged up, if, mm-hmm. you, if you probably noticed on the broadcast. He was wincing and oh, slow getting the very up. end, definitely you could see that. Yes. Uh, we've got Jake Smith involved, yeah. which was fantastic. The young freshman got some confidence. Best Three. ball of the day, maybe? That was a great Touchdown. catch, great throw. Uh, Jake made a catch that he, frankly, dropped a couple of times mm-hmm. throughout the season. Three catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. Great to get that young freshman some confidence. Uh, Malcolm X, Malcolm Epps. I always call him Malcolm X. <laughs> you know, it's a great film. It's one of Spike Lee's few great films because I think Spike Lee's a little overrated. But uh, uh, I always call him Malcolm X. Malcolm X had his voice heard. 
I, I wish he was ag- as aggressive as Malcolm X. Sometime. Right, I was just thinking that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, even on the even by on any the, means necessary, Malcolm. Even on the one he got tugged and there was no call, and, yes. and they were they were. It's almost like this was a. Uh, if you're refereeing a, a third or fourth grade basketball game, you're not going to call every travel. No, they you, can't. You, you're going to be there till midnight if you do that. And so they were letting the the defensive backs on both sides get away with some tugs here and there. I still. I, He's going to have to recognize his size. This is a big offseason for him, and he's going to have to get some good coaching to utilize that too. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so a basic rule you're taught as a receiver is when you start to receive contact, you you fight through it. You right. run through it, which will either exacerbate the contact or you might make a play on the ball anyway. Mm-hmm. And what Epps did was sort of pull up and say, look, he, he kind of grabbed me yeah. and, and started pointing and – that's not really what's going to draw the flag. You've got to continue the play. And he was going to even grab me a lot more, and it was going to be obvious That's to right. you if I would have continued. This interference, yeah. interference would have been severe had right. I not pulled up. So, yeah, he'll learn. He'll grow. Uh, I'm not ready to write him off. I, obviously, I know people have a lot of critiques of Epps, rightfully so. I'm, I've, I've voiced many of those critiques. He's not fully developed. He's still got some time to come around. And if he doesn't, you know, Texas can recruit over him. Uh, but – I think overall it was a good performance by the Texas offense. You know, I understand that Tech was, let's say, not a very good opponent in terms of their defense, but 610 yards gained, 49 points on the scoreboard. Sam Ellinger was throwing darts. Uh, The only play he really missed was on a reverse flea flicker where Rashawn Johnson was wide open. Ellinger looked at him. And didn't throw the ball. I I don't know what happened there. And we've talked about it again, and I don't know what happened either. I think he just missed it. But for all the criticism and and fair criticism of of this offensive staff, once again, a trick play when where you don't see it a lot as you're creeping towards the red zone, and the play worked. Yeah, Sam just missed it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a hundred percent on the players, not on the coaches, and. I'm, I'm going to allow him one slip-up because he threw some amazing deep balls. He Very looked great. Accurate. He looked great. And, look, Sam has been, I think, pressing and trying to do too much, and he's had zero help from the game plan, the scheme, the offensive line. There's been no run game, and he's got receivers that haven't been developed and can't separate or fight through contact, some of the other things you've talked about, with his other two, one being out a lot, Colin Johnson. Yep. And then Duvernay's kind of been his guy. Um, all in all, I, I – I think Sam had a pretty damn good year considering what he was given. Yeah, I think you're right. And he ran the ball extremely well in this game as yeah. well. Um, look, Tech is good for what ails you on offense. Yes, they are. And uh, obviously that was something that offense needed in terms of confidence, particularly heading into a bowl game. They really needed to feel good about themselves. Rashawn Johnson, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention him. Keontae Ingram, I guess, got dinged up again. Yeah, he was dinged up in the Baylor game. So yeah. he, he wasn't playing, yeah. Uh, who didn't get any carries at all? Uh, I don't know. Did he? I, I thought he got a carrier too. He, he may have got a carrier Did I hallucinate? Too. I don't know. Holy no. cow. Um, all right. Well, while he's looking I didn't, that up. I didn't watch every play. So. Rash- no, neither did I, apparently. Okay. Uh, but Rashawn Johnson, 23 carries, 105 hard-fought yards. He was very good near the goal line. Uh, basically, was his own blocker on a couple of runs where he just beat Texas Tech with aggression, ran through tackles, and ran through contact. Uh, he looked really good. And... Uh, what a blessing that guy has been throughout the year. I think he's probably one of the favorite players on this team for a, long, a lot of Longhorn fans for his selfish uh, selflessness, 
and just for his willingness to play a foreign position and play it as hard as he can on every down. No, I think for the freshman, he's definitely the guy you think about and you go, man, I didn't see that one come. And there's been a lot of disappointment compared to the expectations. He's one of the few examples that's the flip side of that. Yep, and they brought in Danny Young late to ice the game. Yeah, Keontae had two carries. You're right about that. Two carries, I missed those. So uh, glad I didn't hallucinate that. And then (laughs) they brought in Daniel Young late to ice the game, and uh, Young really ran hard. I understand Tech was tired by that point and wanted to get off the field, but, man, Young ran through some contact, and he was a finisher. He was. He's going to the transfer portal, I would think. Daniel Young? I haven't heard one thing, but I would, I mean, right? No. Why not? He wants a Texas degree. Okay. We've been through this, man. Yeah, that's right. They actually, Kirk Bowles asked Kirk him a Bowles, question. Yeah. Right? Do that and then and then maybe go go do your grad stuff if you can play somewhere if he wants to. I mean, maybe if he wants to. Maybe he just yeah. values a Texas degree more. Well, maybe he wants to be part of the if, team. If that's the case, good for him. Not everyone's a free agent mercenary like you, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> no, I'm just what, so. What radio stations are you talking to right now? <laughs> I'm, just so, I'm just so used to. Are you talking to some other podcast <laughs> hosts right now? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You better bring your A game today. Yeah, I'm. All right, Paul, so one of the big questions that we had on the post game, and one of the questions that you've had, I'll get, you have to give you credit, you were way ahead of the whole Orlando deal. But do you think Todd Orlando has saved his job the last month? And that was some of the texts we were kind of getting in. It almost seems like it's, it's a definite now. There's going to be some offensive changes. Do you think there will be defensive changes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk defense here. All right, we – we did talk defense, uh, first half at least. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the second half? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Or we can talk about firing people. Sorry, I had a min- I literally I'm mentally drained, and I just had to take about three or four minutes. And Paul is being a a trooper here, so yeah. let's get back to it. But then then we're going back and forth. Wait a minute. It's only happened five minutes ago. What were we talking about? Yeah, so exactly. a little under the curtain there. This one's all on me. Let's talk defense. I want to hear what your thoughts are Kevin in the second half. In the back. <laughs> I really did, man. He's got a washcloth over his eyes. He's relaxing. Dude, it's weird. Doing, I mean, 20 hours does not sound like a lot, but when it's 20 hours of talking and you're constantly trying to be on top of a bunch of different stuff, uh, it's tiring. Yeah, you forget what you've said. You right. You're repeating yourself, right? Yeah. So, uh the defense. The defense. So the defense basically was a tale of two halves, right? So yeah. gave up 21 points in the first half. They didn't look good. It should probably have been more. Second half, they actually gave up three drives to Texas Tech in the third quarter. But only one of those drives resulted in points. It was a field goal. Texas defense bowed up. And uh, to their credit, you know, they let Tech drive between the 20s, and they they were more resilient. Then actually in the fourth quarter, they actually played really well. Mm-hmm. They seemed to settle in. Jet Duffy couldn't find any downfield looks. They were reduced to nickel and diming. Texas tackled very well, yeah, which had not been the case necessarily in the first half, certainly not all season. Uh, yeah, all in all, it was an improved second half. I, I think Texas got away with a little bit. And frankly, I think Texas defense really benefited from playing with a significant lead because it removed all doubt. Also, once Thompson got banged up, Removed all doubt that Tech was going to throw on every down. They had 26 or 27 straight in a row, and all of a sudden you're pinning your ears back. We saw Bimage. We we saw them make some plays, which was nice. We've got to call out Marcus Bimage. That's his best game as a Longhorn. No doubt. He had a sack. He yep. had a big hit right before uh, that caused a hurried throw from Duffy. Fumble recovery. 
Forced fumble. He stopped buying the bullshit that they were actually going to hand off on that play action. That's exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, he just attacked the quarterback. And then he had a, he had a tip ball. Mm-hmm. So, nice game from Bimage. And uh, I thought Chris Brown was pretty aggressive. You know, mistakes he made were full speed. He, he had something like nine solo tackles. Brandon Jones had 11 solo tackles. Brown's the best tackler when he's healthy in the secondary. I'd say he's probably the best tackler. DeMarvian Overshone, as always, flashed. Man. He doesn't always know what he was doing. No. But Man, I don't know. He only had four tackles. On three of the tackles, he hurt the tech guy that he tackled. Yeah. Uh, was it really? Yeah. Wow. He hurt Thompson. He hurt a receiver, yeah. Kashawn Carter. Carter, yeah. And he hurt another guy who was running over the middle of the field. And, I mean, he didn't knock him out of the game. They came back later. But that, that's a good sign when your tackle has a guy miss seven or eight plays. Yeah, they were so, smart plays. And one of those, he uh, dislodged a ball that was – uh, Duffy actually fit it impressively into a bunch of a bunch of traffic yep. in, in zone coverage, but Overshone came in, and I thought, man, that's the perfect 2019. You don't need to Bryant, Westbrook, Leela, McElroy, someone give up 15 and you get ejected, but you still you accomplish the goal. Yeah, I I feel like Overshone to this day is he Overshone or Overshone? So here's the thing, and I and I have fun with you and get on you on some of them. This is not on you. This has gone back and forth. Is this like Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara? We are, yes, we are hearing both. Okay. And and if you ask him, he'll just be like, whatever you want. Yeah. I don't care. In the Texas notes, I don't know if you checked those pronunciation guides. Is it overshadowed? No. They let, <laughs> it's just blank. They let you know how to say DeMarvion. No. Okay. All right. Come on, give me the last name. Do we want to go with overshone? We're going overshone. All right, we're going overshone. So... I see Overshone, and I understand he's recruited to play safety. He wants to play safety. I see a Big 12 Mike linebacker. There's no question. In a, a four-man front, cover him up. Don't yep. let blockers leak to him. Let that dude go sideline to sideline and play with instincts. He'd be a very effective blitzer. He's quick as a cat. I love the dude. I just think they need to get him coached up. Give him one position, one position, and let him play it. But it kind of gets back to your point all year of you don't feel like they're teaching positions. No. And, and – so that gets back to the the teaching and in what it does feel like this whole year and John Roshan we talked about him earlier would be would be a separate case. I mean there's some positives, but majority of it I look at the talent and I don't feel like they were utilized correctly. And no. that's frustrating as a fan. It's very frustrating as a fan. It's why we're going to have a new defensive staff in probably a couple of days and then after the bowl again. I think there's going to be two waves of staff changes. I think they're going to affect both sides of the ball, but since we're talking defense I think we're going to have some new voices and some new faces on that defense. So it'll be very interesting to see what they, if they kind of come in and it's the Gordian knot right. solution where yeah. they're like, why are you messing with all these little knots and just slice it down the middle and be done? Yeah. Because this guy plays here. This guy's clearly plays here. Why do you keep moving them around? Right. So I don't know. I, I just think this, this defense needs continuity. And in a way, Orlando penalizes very flexible, diverse players by playing them all over the place. You know, Joe Asai played off the ball the entire game against Tech. He's our best edge player. He was misused all year. And you know what? It, his, his flexibility, he plays pretty well off the ball as a, as a pass defender. So in a way, they're penalizing him for his flexibility. Right. And I, I don't think that you should do that. You know, Lawrence Taylor was a very good drop coverage defender when the Giants used him that way. Yeah, well, he could do a lot of things well, but utilize his biggest strength. You probably want him to brush the passer. Yeah. I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. Well, and also, it's, it doesn't create good habits. I mean, at some point in radio, and you've seen it today when I bring Sam in to try and get all this stuff set up, I mean, I just stopped learning this stuff because <laughs> I realized when I did know it, they used me for it. It's true. 
That's it. Yeah, such a bad lesson for kids out there. Don't be, don't be a Swiss Army knife. Don't be too yeah, versatile. Don't be, don't be, don't versatile. be too versatile because they may use you on what is not your biggest strength. Just because they need to, try to be helpless. to fill that role. Right? Exactly. So, do you want to get to coaching? Coaching changes. What you're hearing? What you're thinking? Yeah, right I want to hear what you have. have to um, say. So, I, 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 I would like to see both coordinators gone. I don't know if Tom Herman's going to do that. And I'm curious maybe what Tom Herman in the conversations, maybe his marching orders, if there are any, what he's getting from Del Conte. But I I pretty much think they need to overhaul almost the whole staff. And I don't know. Tom Herman knows the guys that need to be here. And deep down, I hope that he knows, you know what? This guy is caught up in this, and this is a good coach, and this guy should be at the University of Texas. But in terms of coordinators, I was completely wrong on Orlando. And you were right. And that's the reality of it. And I, Orlando is someone that I think is the biggest shock to me in a year, kind of just the him being exposed in a one-trick pony and the whole blitzing stuff. I, I was really disappointed in that. I think they got to make a move there. And then Tim Beck would be the other one, right? Is Orlando's contract a consideration? He's got one more year Absolutely. for $1.7 million. Might they keep him another year just because of that $1.7? Right, and then hire below that, right? So yep. what, what position coaches are not getting coached up? Here's one of the problems, though. Our linebackers aren't well coached, and who's the linebacking coach? Yeah, it's Orlando. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, does Oscar Giles need to be here? Do the two secondary coaches, Nivar and Washington, are, are they doing their job? You know, I do feel like that the defense needs more, at least minds. All the consultants are on the offensive side, and the offense has one more assistant. Well, not only that, I, I, think, I don't think that's by accident. No, I don't I either. think Orlando only wants one voice. I think he wants to control the defense soup to nuts, and that hasn't proven – you know, proven out right. certainly this year. And I'd say I would argue a lot of last year we were doing some questionable things. So fundamentally, I think you have to start at the top, uh, even above Orlando, to have some things change. And if you're going to keep and retain Herman, which we have to essentially yeah. because of the structure of his, con- of his contract and a number of other reasons, uh, I think you have to make a clean break of it. I think you got to hire a new defensive coordinator. And I think they can hire under him. And the argument is that those position coaches will teach the game better, and then that will give Todd better habits because he'll feel like he'll be supported. But I don't yeah, think that's how a defensive. I don't think that's how a defense is coordinated. I, I don't think it is either. And I just think there was too much evidence this year that th- th- this is this is not a good fit right now for him in the Big Twelve. I think he had kind of the inverted Tampa two, took some stuff from Heacock, and he looked really good. But I, I I'll go back to what Ian some of the Ian Boyd's Ian Boyd said. This is not a pressure league defensively. If you if if pressure is your basic identity and your and what you always fall back on, you're going to be in trouble in this league. Yeah. Well, I I think if you can bring, I mean, the ideal is you bring honest pressure. Yeah. If you can get pressure with four, and you can cover behind that, you're you know, in you good can, shape. You could do man under with two safeties deep. Man, you're in good shape. Yeah. Because. And that's why it's such an it's so crucial that Texas nail all their D line evals and nail all their defensive line recruiting. And when they've got a guy like Joseph Osai, let him line up outside and and get after it. And that's why you want to take a Demarvian Overshawn type and Overshawn. Either one though. Either, either one. one. Okay. Either one. Tomato. Either, tomato. Yeah. That's why you take Demarvian and you go Who play says him. Tomato though. Does anyone say tomato? A Brits. Brits. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe people from New England. Yeah. Tomato. Tomato. Yeah. So 
that's why you make a DeMarvin Overshawn your middle linebacker because you can't pick on him with a running back releasing, mm-hmm. right? If he has to go cover that guy, that's not a problem. Right. No problem. DeMarvin can handle that. Right. So that's my thought, and that's why it's absolutely imperative that you nail your D-line recruiting. And I think increasingly you're seeing a good countersell against Texas and that three-man front because guys want to rack up stats, and the Texas defense doesn't seem to be encouraging that in the uh, in those performers. So that's the defense. What about the offense? Obviously some changes are going to happen, but Texas just had 610 yards, 49 points. Yeah, against Texas defense. Is Texas healed? No, no, they're not healed. Um, and, you know, you worry because Tom Herman, um, obviously he got this job because of what he was able to do as an offensive mind at go, go all the way from Iowa State. Then obviously Ohio State would have been the pinnacle for him. And then Houston, where he and Major were able to kind of work together they need they need they need a different offensive mind coming in, and I think they need more of a spread guy. Obviously, a guy like Joe Brady would be pie in the sky, but I think because of the physical spread he wants to run, I really think he needs someone more with the passing spread option of that. And I don't know where all his motion went that he had as an offensive coordinator, but he needs someone same spread theory, but a different, not the power spread. Does that make sense? It does, but I think that leaves you with the different derivations of Air Raid Bro, right? Yeah, right. No, so you're right. Graham Harrell is getting some good press because yep. of what he did at USC mm-hmm. with three different quarterbacks, but that's pretty pure Air Raid. No, it is. And I think Tom Herman has an issue with that. Brady is pure Air Raid. Yeah, pretty. He's not got as some not Sean as, Payton, West not Coast. as much as yeah, it's probably fair. I mean, there's some NFL layered concepts in there. There's some Joe Moorhead from Penn State. Yeah. So it's, it's it's not a, as much, but it's more than Herman. Yeah, Herman, I mean, Herman wants to physically beat you on third and three with a fullback hitting a linebacker and running zone with that. Yes, but look, Joe Brady's going to be making $1.5 million next year, and he's going to be a co-offensive coordinator at LSU. Right. If they're dumb enough not to make that happen. No, no, they are. Then he's gone, and they're idiots. They're not dumb enough. They're going to make that happen. Yeah, and so I don't know. I, I, I Look, I think Texas should be aggressive. They should target different people, but Herman – kind of might be the seat of this problem offensively if you're looking for another offensive coordinator. But that's kind of our point, is it not, that they need to bring someone that that Herman's theory or Herman's idea of what good offense is in the Big 12 needs to be changed. Yeah, but is he secure enough to, to understand and acknowledge that? Yeah. And does he want a guy in the room who's going to say, hey, you know, Tom, that's, that's how you end up with your TCU game plan. Right. We can't do that. That's how we end up with your OU game plan. We can't do that. We've got to we got to put in some stuff this week. We've got to attack, you know, a, a lot of basic offensive coordination. It's not something we do because Herman sort of has a we run our stuff mentality. Uh, a lot of it is just culture. I, culture wins out, bro. Culture wins out. But a lot of it is just identifying the weak links on the opposing defense and isolating. Absolutely. And Herman doesn't. He's not a big proponent of that. No, I mean it's what Belichick does. Belichick's going to make you play left-handed, and he's going to take away your best option. He takes away your best option, and he picks on your weakest options no repeatedly, over and over and over, like a scab. Yep, like a scab. So the question is: Has Herman been sufficiently humbled by this season? Which I think, by any measure, this has been a humbling season for him. Uh, has he been sufficiently humbled such that he sees himself as part of the problem? Yeah. And, and that he's not just been betrayed by his assistants, as a lot of head coaches like to think when they when they struggle. Right. And what's the result of him being humbled? Is it positive? I mean, is he able to redirect that and 
know, we've, we've all been humbled. Sometimes you turn it into a positive, and sometimes you just continue to to. Sometimes you double down. down. Yeah, exactly. Right. And he seems like the type of guy who may double down. He might. Yeah. I Look, we're going to make staff changes. So we're, we're talking big picture of yes. once these staff changes are made – Will they take? Yes. Meaning, are they are they meaningful? Are they beneficial? Will they change Herman's thinking? Will they give? Will Herman hire a guy who's so confident in that he'll go? You know what? I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to coach the football team. You run it. Yep. Yeah, you run the offense. Whoever you run the defense, I'm going to take a step back and and really oversee the whole football team. Or I'm going to point out some of the big picture things. That sometimes at the coordinator level, you kind of lose sight of because you want to do certain things. Sometimes the coach needs to come in and say, hey, don't forget, these guys don't have corners. Right. So whatever you're planning for this week, we need to attack them vertically at least three times per half. All right? And then the coordinator goes, got it, coach. And then they go do their game plan. So what did you see from the offense today that, that was different? Outside of the tech defense being banged up and crappy. Tech defense is bad. They did hat on hat. In the running game, yep. uh, and they ran Sam a lot as a constraint, mm-hmm. which you saw some big open running lanes for Sam throughout the game. And then they threw the ball downfield. They got after it. And they even put it in RPO. Apparently you can run an RPO without Colin Johnson. They, they threw one to DuVernay. So that was my biggest issue with John. I mean, they they ran it. Was it what game was that where they ran the RPO over and over and Kansas over? Kansas State, Kansas State, right? And Colin Johnson was able to to keep them honest because he was running underneath, running across the middle, and there there should have been ways to still run that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just a question of what you want to put in and, and what your identity is. And Look, it's as mystifying to me as it is to anyone else. So I, don't, so I don't have any deep insight on why one week they game plan and they put in some neat wrinkles, like as with Kansas State, and then I don't understand why the next week it goes away because it's happened throughout the year. I don't know what that's about. And some people have said, well, it's about when when we're on the road, we don't, or when we're at home, or I don't see a pattern to it. I, I just see an overworked staff, and I I see game plans frequently that looks like the staff pulled an all-nighter Friday and threw some stuff in. Well, that's frustrating. Yeah, no doubt there's going to be changes, so we'll see. And, of course, they're going to be sold as, no matter who they are, as the guy is going to come in and fix it. And we're not going to know until next year. But this is a huge offseason. This is clearly the biggest offseason Tom Herman's had, not only with the hires, but also getting getting shit right in the spring. So, Kevin, what should we look for between now and the bowl game? Because they're going to have some of these new hires, these new faces in the staff starting this weekend, if, yeah. my, if my intel is correct. No, I, I would think so. And then I think they're going to have another wave of new faces after the bowl. It's weird. I mean, I don't know how much that those guys can come in and fix anything, so I won't be looking really for anything – significantly different in the bowl game will you i think there, there's a potential for that okay yeah i mean well, i i think if you're brought in good i'm, I'm glad to hear that you're gonna want to say i, I want to watch film on my team right i want to see what i'm getting and they may see some very obvious things that we're not doing like i don't know play the edge <laughs> contain wrapping up wrap up when you tackle right. like i gotta talk about this because this drove me crazy and i'm not just being football purist guy or armchair quarterback Brandon Jones played very hard today. He gave it all for his senior day. 13 tackles total, 11 solo tackles, as I mentioned before, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There was a play on the sideline, and he did this early in the year. He's done this a couple of times. The shoulder? Kevin? Yeah, I know. Dude 
he launched himself at a guy on the boundary, head down, neck exposed, didn't run through the guy, and he just launched himself in the air. Thank God it was the fourth string running back, that converted safety that hit him. Right. Jones, you know, ended up making the tackle just based off the momentum. The guy bounced off and fell forward, got the first down. But, dude, if that was a fullback and that guy had lowered his pad level and dropped his head, we're talking about a spinal collar. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I don't want to see that out there. And so we talk about this lack of fundamentals and all that as it affects the football team and it makes the defense bad. That's all important. This stuff is a lot more important. Being able to walk. One of the reasons you teach fundamentals is so your guys can walk. Mm-hmm. So your guys don't change their lives radically on one play playing football for the University of Texas. We had a pretty good coach that, that said, I don't care if it's the uh, state game, state championship game, your senior year, which ironically our senior class did play in that game. But uh, he said, if, you've, if you're the only one who can make the tackle and you've got to lower your head completely, he looked and he said, we lose and it's all good. That's cool. Yeah, I thought, man, you know, but he, he, he wanted to get that point across. That's a good coach. As, as we were really learning. Yeah, and I, look, Brandon Jones at that moment, it's bang, bang. He's just trying to make a play. But from a fundamental standpoint, he could have made the same play running through the tackle with his head up. Right. Now, so you're being a good guy about it. I'm pissed about all the missed tackles. And so uh, <laughs> exactly. I, I, your point is well taken, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm pissed off about the yak. That's right. Uh, uh, but we look, I think it was Chris Brown or one of them, I think it was Brown, who I said earlier, I think is probably the best tackler in the secondary. I'm not sure that's an award that uh, should be lauded too much this year because of the secondary and their tackling. But he even had one, and he got the guy down, but he, he – he just threw his shoulder just into him. Just throws a shoulder. And he got and up and he's like, feet. yeah, I got him down. I go, no, no. I go, hopefully yeah. on film someone says, I know you got the job done, but you did it the wrong way. And, and more times than not, and it's happened this year, that guy breaks out of that and you got extra yards. Yeah. I mean, we're a broken record on this by now. It's fundamentals. And ultimately, that's the indictment that I have for Todd Orlando. Right. And whether and trying to tease out, well, it's the position coaches and they need right. to be teaching that. and. You know, some people say Herman made a comment that was pretty telling in a press conference that uh, at this stage of development, even if we have injuries in our secondary, every guy in our off, every guy in our defense, a DB, should be able to play quarters covered. I heard that. And, and I also heard him say, you know, if guys can't backpedal or get in and out of a route at this point, yes. then did you hear that? Yes. Then then they probably you know, then it's just too late and they shouldn't be playing. And I thought, well, 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 huh. And that's an attack on the coaches. Absolutely right? That's it a is. shot across Absolutely the bow. Absolutely it is. Now, is that something that Tom Herman segregates from the coordinator? Because he thinks the coordinator is sort of out there coordinating, drawing up schemes? Or is it on the position coach? You made a John Gruden face there. That was impressive. You like that? Hey, you know what? You know what I like? Hey, man. I didn't, I didn't realize I could do one. You did it. That, that's a good group. That's one face. of those where you and I are going to have to go in the bathroom. That's a weird start. But and just practice it, our yeah, faces. Yeah, pra- and be like, all right, so which one was it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it this one? No, Who's it's that, that Who's one. that? Is that? All right, all right. Remember that. Hopefully your face catches like that. <laughs> but uh, Screw you. <laughs> hey, do you like tackling? I like tackling. What if I walked around the whole time like that? <laughs> <laughs> You'd get $10 million a year is probably what would happen. <laughs> yeah. You get a ten-year, ten million a year oh, contract. Can I coordinate and be brilliant and just lock me up in a room and all all design? Oh man, but I uh, I have a buddy who swears to God that he was in Chicago 
and he was out at Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. enjoying the lake. You know, for the six weeks of the year that right. Chicago is <laughs> gorgeous, you can enjoy the lake, and everyone's out, right? Yeah, people like soak up every moment they of sunlight. Do. He's out there, and he looks at John Gruden standing there, and John Gruden just shakes his head and makes like a John Gruden face. He goes, "Man, that's a hell of a lake, isn't it?" <laughs> hell of a lake that's a hell of a lake isn't it i don't buy his bullshit you think it's all contrived i think a lot most of it is yeah 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 i mean i think he does get up at four and i think you know herschel walker probably does do 80 sit-ups or something like that a day um but it does several like, of his personalities do right yeah a thousand that, sit-ups a day fair. but his stories like that no i mean i, I think it's it's hyped up a lot all right we we uh diverged as we we're, totally as have. we're prone to do we totally have so we've decided we're firing everybody yep and you don't think Yancey McKnight? No, right? Yeah, I think McKnight's fine. I think he needs Carrington's to, okay. Carrington can stick around. Uh, Yancey McKnight needs to be a little more careful about his defined role because right now they're using him as bad cop to get guys to play. Mm-hmm. I don't. I kind of helped that close to my vest. Yeah. But, hey, we're gonna lay it all out. Right. They use Yancey McKnight to go tell guys like, hey, we, you know, Caden, Caden's. This is just an example. I don't know that this exact conversation occurred. But he'll go to a Caden Stearns and say, hey, like, we need you. You need to be playing. You're, like, playing through injury, you mean? Playing through injury. I gotcha. And there's a di- – and, and by the way, you do need some guys on your staff – Who can play hurt. Or players – Play hurt. Who want you to play hurt. Not if it's you're injured. P- not if you're injured. And I think some guys feel like they've been made or encouraged to play injured. And I think it's fostered some resentment. Hmm. And if you want a guy who's going to be your off-season eyes and voice – of the staff, which is your strength and conditioning coach. They got to trust him. They got to trust him, yeah. man. And you can't you make that guy that. your bad cop. That's a good point. So they need to create some delineations there. You get, They got to pick up, you know, get a control analyst, get one position coach to be that bad cop, to be the Turk, whoever it is, and, and let Yancey stay a little cleaner. Are your sources telling you that this coaching staff is working as hard as they should? Well, you're my source, and oh, I'm your primary source. God. So what we really do is we make up stuff and we tell each other that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't get under the hood that much. We're gonna charge you nine ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> so what are my sources telling me? Sorry, I was being a smartass. Uh, no, it was funny. It was funny. Uh, no, I mean, are your sources? Are your sources telling you that this staff is burning the midnight oil? Or, or do you, have you not heard that? Working hard? Working hard. Or looking for their next job? <laughs> or both? I think it's both. Okay. Yeah. I think it's both. I think they're looking for their next job. and Well, that's understandable. Well, in, in I mean, that, if in you that know you're industry, on the cutting block, right. that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Uh, but you still owe Texas. You're still getting paid. Yeah, you still owe them your pound still of flesh. Still on the clock. So you got to go do it because you're a pro. Right. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, we don't know exactly every staff change. I can tell all of you these staff changes will be substantial. And you think they're and coming? And they're starting this weekend. This weekend. Yes. So we're, we're recording this on Friday after the game. Yep. Day after Thanksgiving. You think Saturday, Sunday, things are happening. Saturday, Sunday, I think some things are going to go down. And I think some more things will go down right before or after the bowl game. Okay. So they get – Whatever Bra- that bowl is. They get Brady. So they you're thinking they get Joe Brady on Saturday. And then who's the Florida? Todd uh, – was it uh, – Gantham, Grantham, what's his name? The uh, Florida guy who's pretty good defensive coordinator. Why are you getting uh, college DCs? That's uh, good. Well, yeah. We're getting Bill Belichick. Bill- <laughs> I knew you were going there. Let's We're getting Belichick. Let's bring him in. Yeah. I've always thought it would be great if Belichick. You don't think he'd be a good DC? 
No, I don't think he'd work down here. I think the Big Twelve. You think the Big Twelve? I think I think the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve offenses would expose Bill Belichick. <laughs> Finally, we thought he was the best best coach we'd ever seen at any level right. ever. But the Big Twelve offenses. I think Mike Gundy's going to get after him. What if like the the opener? He faces his first true like air raid offense, and oh the Texas defense God. just gives up seventy. They can't line up right. Well, what would be hard getting back to working your ass off is, I'm sure he'd, he'd figure it out because he's Bill Belichick. But you have to be more creative in college to to be able to to really translate what you're trying to teach and to get a game plan in week in and week out with limited hours and younger kids. You know what? I think Bill Belichick gets a secret hard on for tough situations like that. Oh God, where he, he can would... prove his metal. I think Belichick's. Do you know re- how excited he was hey. when Tom Brady blew out his knee? And he got to start Matt oh, Castle for a absolutely. whole year and go eleven and five and just be like, see, see, it's really me. Told you, it's really me. When Jimmy Garoppolo came in for Brady, right. and lit it up, and Jacoby Brissett, do you well, remember he was, that? He was he was forced to trade Garoppolo and was pissed off. Yes. from what I've heard at Kraft yes. and Brady, and that was more of a fuck you to the Patriots. Yeah, and he did it with a buddy. I think he's cool with the Shanahan clan. Yep, and and said, you know what? It's your lucky day. Yep. No one rips me off unless I want it to happen. That's right. So my point is, Belichick would love having the college game constraints. Just to, it'd be just another challenge. Well, this has really, really gotten on a good track here. Yeah. So, so in one weekend, we've got Joe Brady. Well, well, fuck Brady. I mean, if we're if we're going offense, you want to see if we can get Shanahan, Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid. I want to see that coaching moo moo out there. So we got Andy Reid calling the offense. Yeah. He can't run. He can't manage clock situations, though. No. By the way, neither can Herman. <laughs> We're going to get a 16-year-old who's got a lot of time on a PlayStation <laughs> and is pretty decent at, you know, like he placed out of AP math. Right. We're going to put him, and he's going to handle end-of-game clock situations <laughs> and explain to the coaches how, how time works and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, funny. All right, so, yeah, well, hopefully that'll happen. And I think your point of how does it stick and how does, how does Herman manage all of it is the biggest question. That's it. Ultimately, look, if Herman wants to know why the horns are 7-5 and five and the walls are coming in, he needs to go take a long look in the mirror. Yeah, he, he wasn't given this staff. He does say injuries a lot, and he did that back at Houston. And he that needs was to something, shut up. He needs to stop with that. It, it's, it's, a little, it's starting to become Tom Penders were young again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm tired of hearing it. I am too. And this whole sale. We understand that, part, that's part of it. It's just a part of it. I mean, we talked about this with Oklahoma State, right? They lose Sanders, the quarterback. Right. They lose Tylen Wallace. They're seven and three. Yeah. Okay. And they're Oklahoma State. Yeah. If if you think that they would trade recruiting classes with us, they would do so. Yeah. Every year. Yep. So like, let's get off it. And while I do appreciate that you can see some periods of spotty play because of injuries, and I'm right there with you. You can't make the same mistakes irrespective of whether you're injured or not. Because we were making the same – I was making these same critiques about Orlando when the defense, quote-unquote, looked good against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, you were. I'll give you you, uh, tons of – you were doing it last year. Yeah, because it it goes beyond the injuries. It's just about soundness. Mm -hmm. And it's about fundamentals and all this other boring bullshit I like to drone on about. (laughs) Either way – just eyeball alone. Sports can be eyeballs. It can be stats to some degree, but the eyeball to me wins out if you know what the hell you're looking, you know, watching and, and looking for. You didn't have to really know football to look at this team and see how poorly coached they were. Yeah, I think that, you're right. that, that's got to flip to where it, 
at least have an expert break it down for me and say, I know you're not going to see this on the surface, but they're not doing a good job here. I don't need my mom walking in and going, oh, God. That's a, such a great litmus test. And by the way, there's some women who know football really well. But right. The, but my the mom, average woman. My mom's not, not one of them. So the average woman who's not too into football. Right. I've, I've had women that I'm watching the game and they're like, why does why is it there's only one Texas guy always trying to tackle them and the other team always has five guys? <laughs> Fair question. And I was like, right. You kind of sometimes you can simplify it, and we get too it's like locked in, and you go, "Well, yeah, that's a good way to put you're it." You're like, uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. you should do a podcast. Right. <laughs> maybe you could break it down a little better than we are. It would probably serve our fans a lot better if I had just said that. Uh, it is frustrating, though. All right, any final thoughts on this one? I don't have any final thoughts. My main final thought is, if you are have anything to do right now with a home, buying a new home, or yeah. refinancing a home, Gabe is a lunatic, and he did offer the sixty-five percent off closing cost deal. He's at 832-557-1095. Give him a call if you want to take advantage of it. Even if this isn't the right timing for you, he's going to stick with us, and I'm sure he'll have more awesome promos down the line. I would jump on that, too. I'm not sure he's going to have it around for a week, so we're going to try and get this up on uh, Friday night. So you've got a, a little bit of time here, but jump on it. Yep. And AV Consultations, too. If you're looking for a TV setup, Central Texas, it is uh, AV Consultations is the way to go. It's avconsultations.com. You can give them a call, 512-255-8678. Tom and the crew will take care of you. We will be back. We will continue to do this. We're going to do this every week. In fact, Paul and I are already plotting some of the off-season things that we're going to do. I'll, I'll say this for the podcast. It's going to, you know, I mean, of course, it's going to stay relevant because it's us, right? Uh, but because of the off-season changes, I think Texas football will continue to be uh, a topic even more so than it usually is in the offseason. Well, not just Texas football. Kevin and I are going to be talking sports in general yep. and uh, the sports we're interested in, we yeah. care about. And, uh, man, if you like sports in general, stick around with us. We're going to have a great year. All right. That means a lot of lacrosse talk. That's Paul Wobbington. I'm Kevin <laughs> Dunn. This is Everyone Gets a Trophy. Y'all be good. See you.